this is that other sports shit. Let's go. My new my new flow is this: the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays at my gym. It's just it's too bad. It's it's stinky. There's too many fucking people. The the sauna. It's like, and I'm not joking when I say this. There's probably anywhere between twelve and twenty people in the sauna at any Damn. fucking yeah, dude. And twenty is like when I say twenty because our sauna's big. But it's not that. It's like a medium sized sauna. It's not one of those little fucking closet saunas. And it's and it, it's a good. Was it like a like fifteen by fifteen or I something say, like that? I would or? say so. I'm terrible at measurements, but you could. I mean, you could fit twenty people in there, but it yeah. starts to feel like it's nuts to butts. It's you know, nuts to butts, or I kind of like to compare it more to like a subway car, uh, where you got people sitting right, and they give you some, a little bit of space. But it's got the second row, the high row, right? So you got yeah. people sitting on that one, which I'm sketchy about because I understand we're in a sauna, so you're going to get other people's sweat on you. You're just going to get other people's fluids on you. It's it's just part of being in a gym and especially being in a sauna. But I, I don't like sitting below someone that's sitting above me because, one, they're looking at my phone, and I'm looking at Lord knows what. <laughs> two, two. They're if they lean down or if they lean in, they're gonna they're gonna rain sweat on me. I don't want yeah. that. So I, I, and plus, I'm you know me at work. I'm sitting eighty percent of the time. I'm on my ass. So I'm I I'm standing majority of the time. I'm in the sauna, and I mean eighty five percent of the time. I'm in the sauna. I'm fucking standing. I'm standing. I'm stretching my legs, and I do sauna at the end of my fucking workout. Like I do it at the very end. Yeah, but you know how it is. We're fucking creatures of routine. So I did not do gym this morning. I slept in. I'm not. I'm trying to take off one, uh, two of two of these days: Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And I think I'm going to start doing Tuesdays and Thursdays because uh, it's just it's too fucking busy at the gym I go to. And that's dude. And that's at five thirty. Like it's jumping at five thirty already and then dude and then by the time i like i'm usually walking out around seven because i'll get my shit in i'll get about an hour hour 15 minutes in and then i go do 15 20 minutes of sauna and dude so by the time i'm walking in that sauna it's about 6 45 7 my buddy's messaging me right now uh that he's in the sauna while i'm telling you this this is (laughs) Uh, he's oh they just turned the lights back on in the sauna which to me is stupid as hell because i like the sauna dark but someone turned the fucking lights on well, I don't so, want to turn around and see anybody's net sack hanging in my face either. So I keep that dude, dark. Dude, it's like, and, I, and this is a, a, maybe it's a mental thing. I feel like it's hotter with the light on. Is that weird? That is that that's 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 clearly not true, right? I mean, I don't know. We got to get like a, a scientist or some shit in here. But when that light's on, I'm like, I'm like, listen. First of all, that light's on. All the ugly is coming out of people. And let me tell you. You sit in that sauna 15, 20 minutes. You can be Kim Kardashian. You can be you can be anybody. That ugly is coming out of you. Let me tell you. You're making a face. <laughs> that shit's dripping off of you. There's no chance you got makeup on in that shit. And I don't care how expensive that makeup is. It's starting to drip. It's got it's got that foundation's cracking, babe. Like it's it's just it's going down. It's going down. So we could have a whole nother show on just why women wear makeup to the gym. 
I don't I mean listen, don't get I don't me get it. Don't get me. I don't you even know why they're wearing makeup to the gym. Well, you know why they're wearing makeup to the you gym. You know like, why they're wearing makeup to the gym. This is an NAA. And shout out to our female listeners. We don't want to sound like we are being prejudiced, but here we go. Uh listen, you wear makeup to the gym for one of two reasons. Either you've got to be somewhere after the gym and you don't want to put your face on twice. I get it. Or you're actively looking. That's it. There's no, there's no, what you're looking for. Hey, that ain't none of my business, but I'm married, but you're looking, that's it. And I'm gonna leave it at that. Jess is it true or false. You're looking. No, it's, it's definitely true. That's it. Is I'm going to, I'm going to leave it. it at it's that. just, it's just, it, it amazes me to like, I mean, I, one, one of these days, one of our shows needs to be like on, on like an off season type show. We need to back have like a March. whole, a whole workout routine, like methodology kind of. I show. think we like, do I this. I just want to talk about it. We do this in like ten minute increments every fourth or fifth week. Yeah, where it's like you're wanna, coming, you're coming out of the gym show. hot. You're coming like, out of the gym hot, and I want to know what you why why you're so hot. Like what what'd you hit today? What you what were you fucking yeah. up? I, I want a whole show dedicated to this. Just like at least like once a year, we need to have like because uh, man, I'm telling you, there's so many things that I see. That either bother me or amaze me at a gym, like it's it's just insane. Whether it's the type of workout someone's doing that you've just never seen done before, or or like you know I've been bringing up the uh, the women wearing the full on like full on like date night makeup man into the gym. And I'm like man, it was like I get you, it. You do know that you're planning on sweating, right? Like I get it. Roll and drip and but anyway. hey, but this but they 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 buy you know like they got. Stores dedicated to heavy duty, hefty makeup. Like they, they know what's going down, and they, they know what they're doing. These young ladies. All Girls right, no, I coming. You know what I mean? Listen, just, we're gonna think? do uh, sport uh, a workout show here, and we're just gonna get Arnold. We're just we're gonna get Arnold. We should. Uh, we're either getting email his people. And... He's doing a lot of media right now, so why not do our fucking show? Why not ask him? You know. I don't know if he's going to get back into politics. Like, if he to, needs me to go to Gold what... Jam, I'll meet yes, him there. Exactly. If he wants me to meet him at Venice, I can meet him at Venice. Like, it's, it's, it's okay. I'll meet him. I'll take the We, we can be anywhere Arnold wants us to be. That's, a, that's the best way to put it. Now that, yes. you know, that, that's thinking with a, that's painting with a wider brush. So I yes. like where your head's at. Okay. Uh, you can go ahead and you can leave all this shit in. Um, let's, uh, you got the list up? I'm, so, I'm, I'm slacking. Where's the list? You just had the list. Where's the list? Uh, Fury Nagano, you want to do last three fights of the UFC? You want to do the Walker fight? Because I got wa- I got takes on that Walker fight. Yeah, I figure, so you were talking about wanting to kind of burn through some of these NFL games, and I think that yeah. that's a good idea because what, I, what I'm seeing is that we have a lot of, a lot of combat sports that we should probably touch on. Yep. Let's do this, and I know we say this every show. If it's a bad game, we should not be spending more than 30 seconds on it. And I think sometimes with the bad games, we get caught on, oh, here's my chance to dunk on this bad team, which, I mean, it is the season. But it, it, let's try and keep it tight. We'll see. We'll try. When it flows, it flows. There's nothing we yeah. can do. But let's get I – have, I have no meetings right now, so I'm good. All right. Uh, who's You want me to warm it up? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages – Thank you for once again joining us. It is me, Jay Valdez. It is Jesse Thomas. We have returned. It's season whatever. It's episode over 30. We have cracked 30 We've for the year. It. 
So we are once again on pace with, I think there's eight or nine weeks left to do around 40 episodes. I know we did over 36 last year. So we're, we're, we're in play here to get to that magic number. We'll see. That's, that's fucking impressive, if you ask me, Jess. Is that, impress- is that impressive? Close it, to 40? It is impressive, man. We're, we're going to hit close to 40 for the second straight year, which means that it, it, it shows our, our dedication to the show, dedication to the people that listen. Dedication and, to uh, our and, friendship. And, and and the friendship, you know what? I think listen to our podcast in the past, and they do tell us like give us some feedback on it. I think the biggest thing is that it comes back is you know you and Jay or vice versa sound like you guys are in the same room doing this show, and it's, and you guys don't walk over each other. You know each other's Try pauses. Not. And, and I'm telling you, so one, it's obviously the longevity. We have been doing the podcast for a long time, and so we have gotten to notice uh, some of the nuances of from each other. But secondly, like, we truly are good friends. We talk on the regular. You know, it's not just sports stuff. We share life things also. We've been through a lot of stuff together. So we do feed off each other. It's, and that's what, for me, makes this show impressive. We pull off a lot of stuff in about an hour, an hour and a half, and we do it just with smiles on our faces the entire time. I think what people may not understand when it comes to our show is the the foundation of it is sports, but the core is probably our friendship. And I think that every year when we look at, okay, are we doing it again? I think it always is, well, we're, we're friends and we like shooting the shit. So yeah. I think that's, that's always what it comes down to. It's, it's Clearly, since we've done this show for free for so long, it's clearly never been about the money, although we will once again state, if anyone is willing to offer us anything, we will gladly accept it. Uh, it, it really comes down to, again, our friendships and our love of sports and our loves of, of just shooting the shit and trying to uh, make each other laugh. And that, that's a big part of it. So, Jess, with that said, it is a pleasure to be back. Uh, it is officially getting cold this is uh, your favorite time of year, I believe. Yes, sir. I'm trying to trying to hit our hit hit my notes on our friendships on a smooth transition. I know my <laughs> buddy, and I know this is my buddy's favorite time of the year. This is the time of the year that I am not as fond of. I am wearing a hoodie right now. I was actively searching for sweatpants before we started the show. <laughs> All of the doors in my house are closed. There's like two windows open, and I think that might be too much. But I still got to get some air in this bitch. Uh, Jess, as we creep around here to Halloween and into the holidays, give me some thoughts. Yeah, man. This is for me, this is a great time of year. You have the summer, everybody's sweaty, everybody's hot, everybody's angry. And and usually typically more angry than normal. And I and I blame that on the heat. Damn you, son, making things so damn hot. Uh and then you come into the fall time, right? And everything starts to cool off and you see people's temperatures and, you know, just their mental temperature kind of cool down a little bit. And yes, this is the time of year where I can wear a hoodie outside with some shorts. You know what I mean? Or I can go and rock a tee in the afternoon time as long as it's not pouring down rain, you know, and some pants and be comfortable. Or I can have a light winter jacket if I want. I don't have to be fully dressed just to stay warm. Uh, and then, of course, it also represents the the time change and uh, the seasons. We're starting to get into the holiday seasons. And for me, that is so important. Being a family man, 
having children, people I love in my life. I love, Grandpa I love Jesse. Grandpa Jesse. I love the holidays, man. It just, it psychs me up. It gets me just feeling super good. And I was talking to a buddy at work the other day. He was like, oh, why do you like Christmas so much? And I said, well, just holidays in general. It's like that one time of year where most people stop being selfish little assholes and actually want to give to someone else. You know what I mean? They take you, the, the, you, they, you, we hope. We the, hope. The hope is, of course, is our earth that seems to be falling apart uh, off of its axis daily, weekly. That once we get around the holidays, you do get some genuine uh, good for mankind and, and you know wholesome individuals. The the good of people coming out, if you will. That's the way it should be, man. I mean. If if it, if it takes one thing, one day, one holiday, one whatever in your life to make you a nice person for like at least the one time a year, I call that I call that a win, a hundred percent a win. Mm-hmm. Hey, one percent better, Jess. That's all we're trying to do. All right, uh, I want to hop into some sports here. Let's go. I think we should start with the UFC. We'll do a quick recap. We will then hop into Fury Nagano. This is a rare boxing event that I will be paying for because I think, one, want to support the homie Nagano in his, in his uh, pursuit of the bag. And two, I love freak fights. We talk about this all the time, Jess. This is a bond. This is a verified, check it off the list. This is a freak fight. There's no way around it. Anytime you get a dude with zero pro boxing fights against the absolute world champion and possibly best boxer we've seen in the last 10 years. That's a freak fight. There's no way around it, but, but let's, and then of course we'll jump into the NFL as always. We'll do our over-unders, but Jess, let's start here. The UFC, it was last weekend. It was interesting. It was in Abu Dhabi. So it was crazy early. This fight, I think is going to, this week is going to be in Abu Dhabi. So it's going to be crazy early for us West coasters. It starts at 11, but uh, I really want to focus on the, the three last fights, the main event, co-main event and the fight just under, uh, the Johnny Walker fiasco to me, I just want to spend a moment on because I, you know, we always talk about our love for the chaos in combat sports. And this had that moment. This had that, okay, we're about to have like 20 dudes in the cage just fucking throwing down security versus the corners type of thing. Uh, okay, let me just quickly explain it. So there is an illegal knee. I believe it was an, an illegal knee. Does that sound right, Jess? I think Johnny Walker was down and yes. he got hit with an illegal knee. Like it was the yeah. Knee I believe I believe Johnny down. Walker's knee was down or something. To yep. it was it it was and he an got hit knee. with an illegal knee. Yeah. He gets hit with an illegal knee. He gets up and the doctor who has already had what some would describe as a bad night. There were some, some questionable calls already. Um, there, they, he asked Johnny, "Does he know? Do you know where you're at?" Which seems to be a common question that a doctor would ask a fighter. It's definitely not the first time I've heard that asked. Yeah, and I I heard no response live. And I haven't went back and did like a let me watch this 15 times and see if I did miss it. But I, watching it live. I did not, and they and they replayed it too. Uh, I had a house full of people, so maybe I didn't hear it. But uh, I I uh, 
I didn't hear him say anything. Quickly, Jess, did you hear him say anything? No, and I think that the report going around uh, the media is that he did not respond back. Yeah, yeah, because I, I think there's a lot of conflicting stuff now because he went and did an interview with Ariel, and he's like, I said I was in the desert. And I'm like, nah, dude, I don't even think I saw your lips move, but okay. Yeah. Uh, so then the doctor says, and this one to me is the key one. This one to me, I think, it just feels like doctor to fighter 101. The doctor says, well, what round are you in? And he doesn't answer. Now, I don't know if there's a, um, a, a, a I don't want to say, like a, like a language barrier because there's different languages being spoken here. Maybe this guy's English isn't that great. Maybe Johnny just isn't hearing him, uh, you know, doesn't understand it, what he's saying. But and to me, hindsight, of course, it just seemed to me like his shit was rocked and he, and he didn't say anything. It seemed to me like he was a little punch drunk. And he just thought, my best strategy here is don't say anything at all rather than say something that's going to get me disqualified uh, or get the fight stopped. And that's exactly what happened. The doctor, and again, hindsight, probably doing the right thing, goes, oh, he can't tell me where he's at. He can't tell me what round it is. I got to stop this fucking fight. They stopped the fight. And then this is when we get the chaos in combat sports, Jess, because Johnny Walker is still trying to fight. It's like he doesn't, he's either not understanding the ref or just not caring what the ref is saying. Or maybe he's truly concussed and just doesn't know what the fuck is going on. Like the wheels are turning, shit's happening, but you know what I mean? Does not compute. Yeah. Uh, give me some thoughts right here, Jess, of what, what do you think starts happening right here? Yeah, no. So the knee happens. I think it happens fairly early. Um, and then what you end up having to, ha uh, what ends up happening is uh, the ref, like you said, uh, goes through his motions. And I think that the language barrier shouldn't have been an issue. I heard the ref. He sounded pretty clear to me. Uh, I think that I'm going to lean your direction and just say that he was a little bit punch drunk. I mean, he got popped. I mean, it was a straight up knee, like right to the, you know, right to the dome. Like, I mean, that's going to, mm -hmm. that's going to discombobulate a person at, at least, if not concuss somebody, and if you're concussed, you're going to be walking around trying to figure out, you know, where your shit is anyway. And and I don't know if Johnny Walker was that bad off. I think he just got popped. He got the bell rung. He was trying to, like, I think that in his head as an athlete, he knows that his body knows that something's wrong. And so his head's working on ways to get him out of it. That's why he was walking around. He was trying to, like, you know, talk to his, his corner. He was walking, you know, just trying to clear the cobwebs. It's, it's natural reaction. It's probably happened to him a million times in sparring. And it's yep, what he's exactly. doing now. He doesn't want to lose this way. He doesn't want the fight to end this way. And he's trying to clear the cobwebs. Uh, the ref asked him a couple questions. To me, I, again, I'm going to agree with you. I did not see lips move. I did not. I saw him turn his head away from the referee several times. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if that was just, again, just him clearing the cobwebs or him just trying to like purposely not answer the question uh, to kind of prolong the clearing of the cobwebs, but which I respect. And we've seen fighters do it before. It's a very savvy trick. Yeah. It's, 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 you know, it's something that he was aware enough. This is why I don't think the injury was as bad as people are claiming. Now, obviously it was illegal, so it should have been dealt with differently. And I'll get to that here in a minute, but him clearing his cobwebs is fine. I get that. And and stopping the fight and allowing him to get some time under his belt is fine. Here's where it gets weird is the ref basically calls it off. 
Johnny Walker's like pushing him out of the way. He's like, no, nah, man, I'm ready. Let's go. Johnny looks like the cobwebs are pretty much cleared. He's probably like 75% ready to go. And he's, he's, just, he's a little concussed, like most fighters that have gotten punched a few times in the fucking head during a fight. That's okay. Yeah, so he's ready to at least attempt to finish this fight. The ref says, no, fight's over. He's, you know, he's done. Uh, two things. One, uh, I believe that he should have been issued at the least a five-minute, you know, breather. Just- yeah, I don't know. See, this is, and see, this is where I'm not sure. I, this is where we'd probably have to look into this one. I'm not sure on an illegal blow to the head if they allow that. I think on a low blow, you have to allow it. You have to give the fighter the chance. And then if you don't, if the fighter says, nah, you know, my like in the fight earlier that I was talking about with the doctor, if you're just like, there's no chance I could fight. My nuts are blown out. I'm I'm fucking vomiting. Uh, then okay, then you do the DQ finish. Yeah. Um, or the it was or no contest. So um Let me say this, Chase. Let me say this. this, Because I want to get to your second point. What I wonder here, I just want to say it out loud. What I wonder is if in this moment, if Johnny Walker realizes, oh, my money's about to be fucked with. Because I don't I don't know if they even if they they gotta get paid even if it's a no contest, right? They gotta get fucking paid. They're show money. They showed up. Um, I'm assuming he's thinking fuck, I don't know if I'm gonna get paid. I'm losing a fucking large amount of money here. If, If I don't if I don't win this fight. You know, we're prize fighters. I got to fight to get my money right. So I don't know. Lord knows what's going on when his wheels are fucking turning. Go ahead, Jess. So with with that being said, and, and I can see that point too. Like, you know, it, so it wasn't a legal blow. So possibly you don't give him the five minutes, right? Like, if that's the case, call the fight. DQ Ankalev instead of making it a no contest. Because at least in a no con- in a DQ, at least Johnny Walker seemingly picks up a dub, right? Yep. Instead, mm-hmm. he and Ankla both get screwed with a no contest because I'm guaranteeing right now that they did not get paid what they were initially supposed to get paid because of a yeah. no contest. If, if it's a no contest, if it's a draw, that's that's different, man. You win, you get yeah, your, you your, you get your money, right? Yeah, now, you fought three rounds, you showed up, you fought. That's what I'm thinking. I, I, I really want to look into this because I'm wondering, they, they got to get they got to get paid. Now, if they get their full show money, that's another question. Yeah. Do they have something contractually that says, well, actually, if they're, if you're in a DQ or in a no contest, we're only going to pay you a fraction, you know, 50% or 70% or fucking hell, you'd hope it'd be at least 70% uh, of your f- show purse. Who fucking knows? But, but something clearly went off in my man's head because he was like, no, I, I'm going to keep fighting. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. What to me was the, the true chaos was Dana gets in the fucking cage. And I'm saying it out loud while I'm watching the fight. Dana's got to get in there. Dana's got to get in there. Because he's not listening to the referee. He's not listening to whoever's sanctioning body in a suit's in there. And he's not listening to the three, four, five, six, seven security guards that are in there now. <laughs> like, there's a lot of motherfuckers in the cage. But he's still looking to go. Uh, and then Dana gets in there, right? And... I would love to fucking know what Dana said to this fucking guy when all this shit's going down. Probably something like, calm the fuck down. Probably something like, hey, man, fight's over. Calm the fuck down. You don't want to get fired over this shit. Like, that's got to be what Dana's telling him, right? But I, but I believe even with Dana in the cage, he still tried to, like, get around Dana and go back at Ankalev. Like, it was fucking crazy. So... 
And some po- point, order is restored, and they call the fight uh, a no contest. Jess, easy question here. Should these guys just immediately rematch? Yeah, it should be an immediate rematch. It, yeah, like in two months or six weeks or some shit. There's I mean, a hundred. Neither. Don't they need someone as, for, as for as, MSG? Yeah, as soon as Walker clears, whether it's concussion protocol or whatever it takes. I mean, shit, in the NFL, man, you can uh, clear concussion protocol in a week. So, mm-hmm. like, let's let's run this back. Fucking same game. Like, I mean, let's run this shit back. I mean, both these two guys are on hot streaks right now. John, that's another reason why. You know, you bringing up how badly Johnny Walker wanted to fight this fight. There's multiple reasons. Like, we have talked about Johnny Walker for years. He's up and then he's down. He's up yeah. and then he's down. Mm-hmm. We've thought that he was he was reaching championship material, and then he loses a couple fights in a row. Well, he's on, like, a pretty big win streak with some names behind that win streak. He doesn't want to end his streak this way and have to kind of scratch and start over from the beginning. He wants to keep moving towards a, another title shot eventually, and you have to win and be able uh, in order to do that. So this fight meant a lot, and and for Ankalev, he's a guy who's looking to reach that championship spot too. This is a yep. huge fight in this division, and to have it in this it way is miserable. You got to run it back in ASAP. Yeah, like in like in six weeks, four weeks. As soon as he's good, he's good. All right, uh, Kazma Chimaev, Kamaro Usman, Jess, you picked the upset. I went with the with the favorite. Yes, you did. This was a fucking fun fight, and you know when we were talking about this fight last week, I started the conversation with this feels like a lose lose to me for Usman, and I thought that he was in a very bad spot if he lost. You know, he's probably going to lose badly. He was probably going to get beat up taking this fight on short notice and going up in weight. And it would, and it just doesn't look good. To, you know, when we're, when we're considering he's possibly at the tail end of the elite and now he's, he's transitioning into super fight guy, but uh, credit to Usman, man, he showed up. He won at least the last round. I saw some people giving him the second round. I did not. Uh, he he weathered the storm. Cosmo came out and really tried to grind him out that first round. I mean, heavy, heavy. I almost want to call it lay and pray because I didn't see a ton of damage that was being done. He just kept them on the mat the entire time. Yeah, they're getting a yellow uh, card in pride. Quick, quick question, Jess. When a guy, how how do you score this? How did so? Did you watch that first round? Yeah, I watched the entire. You fight. scored a ten nine or a ten eight? Uh, ten nine. Okay, so you and I are on the same page. I don't think, because I saw some judges give this a 10-8. I don't think you should be giving a 10-8 on mat work unless the dude is just beating the other dude's ass. And I mean molly whopping them. Holding somebody down and just controlling them, big brother, little brother shit, that shit to me is a 10-9. That's never a 10-8. Now, you again, you got him down there. You're hitting him with elbows. You're hitting him with forearms. The ref's looking to stop the fucking fight. You, you know what I mean? You got him in deep submissions. Now I'm going 10-8. But, dude, and you and I have had this conversation a bunch of times. The only time you should be getting a 10-8, the only time you should be on the side of an 8, is if you're nearly getting stopped, is if the fight is in jeopardy, of being stopped, or you get your shit rocked, and you're just a zombie for a, a full round getting beat up, like getting just molly standing. That's a 10-8 to me. 
There, getting a 10-8 just because you control a dude on the mat, that, that's bad judging in my opinion. But uh, but a lot. Usman looked great. Uh, Jess, give me some thoughts on this fight. Yeah, um, so I absolutely agree with the 10-8 the versus 10-9. Like a 10-9 is fairly even. Maybe you outstrike him by a few. Maybe you landed a big... Uh, a bigger shot or you two can, than yeah. the other you guy. You can have a decisive 10-9. This is a decisive 10-9. But 10-8 literally means you whoop that dude's ass to the point of him giving up or or, or going out Hitting on close. That's it. You like, can that's, see the ref looking at that's it. That's a 10-8. 10-8 mat control, there, there's no such thing. Like, I just don't oh. believe in it. Unless, unless, like you're saying, the guy controlling the fight is absolutely just laying the the bricks to the dude. You know what I mean? Elbow shots, elbow shots. You get a little Gary Goodridge action. Like, you know, the opponent's head's bouncing off the mat 15 times. Exactly. But yet somehow survives. And typically, if someone's getting that badly hit on the ground with ground and pound, the fight's going to get called anyway. I've I've not Mm -hmm. seen, not since like 1997, have we seen a fight go that long with ground and pound that vicious. Typically, it gets stopped pretty quick. For the safety of the fighters, of course. Uh, I think it was a 10-9 round. I believe Kazmat came in. I think that he uh, he completely. I think that he won the second round. I think it was it wasn't as close as people are wanting to make it out to be. Uh, I know that Carmaro uh, really started getting in, more involved in being a little bit more aggressive towards the end, but I still gave it to to Kazmat. And the third round was a have to win or go home type situation. And Usman put every bit of his athletic ability into that third round, and just he he threw everything that he could. But by then, it was just a little too late, and uh, uh, Kazmat picks up the win. It was hard fought. It was nice to see Kamaru Usman come out like that. What was uh, what was concerning was the the take he had when he afterwards when he was on the losing end, doing his interviews. He just looked super like down about it. I think that a fight like that, you come in very short notice moving up in weight class, taking on an elite athlete, and you coming out on the end of a of a 2-3 round like fight, like I don't think that that's a bad thing, man. I think Usman should have been a little bit more proud of his achievement in that fight. But he was, you know, uh, very digested, and uh, he just looked – he looked like there was something mentally off. And I know that mm. before the fight – it was the knee thing during the the sparring. Everybody heard it. Uh, it didn't. We, seem... we we taped this show. Jess said, "Man, we always jinx fighters when we do these shows yeah. this early." And then an hour after we tape the show, that video comes out. You, you hear the words, "Hey, man, I, it's you know something popped. I heard something popping." <laughs> Fuck. But for Usman's credit, whether it was or wasn't. It didn't seem to affect him that much in the fight. Like his movement looked good, his ground game looked good, his wrestling was still fairly solid. Uh, and and really, what it was was just two bulls, just you know, charging each other the entire fight. And, and I enjoyed the fight, and I'm looking forward to seeing what both these guys uh, do next. Very interested in seeing what happens with Usman because again, it it felt like, and we say this frequently. When you take these short fights, these short notice fights, usually it's a win-win, even if you lose. Unless you get you just beat up. Is he versus Usman? Let's make it happen. Oh, I like that. All right, let's talk main event here, Jess. You and I uh, split on this one. I thought Islam would win. Uh, something I said that I thought was key when I watched the fight was I I think that Islam had that five rounds of confidence where. 
maybe he thought, all right, this guy can't really hurt me, but if I can get him out earlier, he probably has less of a chance of outlasting me, of just outgrinding me, of just outworking me. And uh, I, it was said online, Dana said it after the fight, but I am going to take credit for being the first to say it. He threw that fucking kick, and I immediately tweeted, that was Krokop-esque. It was beautiful. It was perfect. It was from the left. The left, the left stance, the high kick, the over the glove, which we've just, we've, I mean, he knocked, I believe he knocked out Vanderlei with that kick, the same kick. But, I mean, knocked out a bunch of people with the, it. But it the reminds le- me the, the left low, leg it, uh, sends him to the grave. Yeah, and then right leg hospital, left leg cemetery. Yep. But I always think of when he, because he did, because uh, Islam did the the sweet thing where it was over the glove, and maybe that's just one of those things you see watching your fight back, watching those five rounds back multiple times. You're watching that with your trainer, and your trainer goes, "Hey, his hands here. You need to kick here." Um, that maybe it's that. Who knows? But just overall impressive, Jess, and, and give me some thoughts on this fight. Yeah, super fun fight. Uh, um, Akachev really proved that you know he is the elite in uh, in this division. Uh, I think that Volk Volk was saying somewhere like not to get too far away from the fight. It was a f- phenomenal fight. Uh, Makachev with a big win. The knockout of Volkanovski hasn't happened. You know, I think I jinxed him too because in our show prior, I had said that he hadn't been knocked out or TKO'd <laughs> since 2013, and then this bitch happens right here. So, like, we're apparently bad news Browns for uh, a bunch of a bunch of fighters. Just we the talk worst. About. Uh, <laughs> um, but the mental game is starting to kind of wear on some of these guys, and you can kind of see it. Is he's taking a break, right? Like he's like, man, I got to clear my my head and do this stuff. I want to take some time off. Uh, Usman looks like he needs to take a little time off. To be honest, I don't think that he should be fighting anytime soon. Soon. Yeah, what's the rush? Yeah, what's he should rush? definitely take some time off and take a little breather. And then Volkanovski afterwards is sitting here saying, like, man, I've been going through this tough like mental times. Man, my head's been fucked up, and you know, I've been having these terrible like thoughts and just feelings, right? And 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 he says it's because I'm not being active enough. And I know that's that, crazy to me. And, and, and for a guy that's been as active as Volkanovsky, like that seems really weird. So I think that, you know, with a lot of things that are happening in today's society and our world, I think that it's very important, just a, you know, a little, uh, little PSA here, folks. Uh, it's very important to take care of your mental health. You have yes. to stay on top of this because these are professional athletes that get paid fairly good large sums amounts of money to go and perform a sport. And, uh, you know, they're talking about like, man, my head's been all jacked up. I don't feel right. Like I need, you know, folks, please, wherever you are, whatever you're doing, please take care of your mental health. Because if it can happen to these super athlete people, it most definitely hundred thousand percent can happen to us normal people. So let's just take care of ourselves. Right. Uh, besides that, the fight was fun. I'm looking forward to what Volk does next. I don't think it's retirement time. Normally, this is when I'm specifically putting pitchforks in people. I'm not going to do that to Volk this time. I think he's got some stuff left in the tank. And as far as Makiev, I'm looking forward to him defending. Uh, but against two, I got no idea. Okay, let me throw two names at you. I'm going to throw three names at you. Because I heard – I don't know if you've heard DC – talk about this but he threw this name out and at first i was like borderline offended and then as i thought more about it i thought okay hmm hmm put my my fingers on my chin they go hmm. <laughs> um okay 
So clearly, Charles is, is you know, one. Gaethje, who, in my opinion, and I tweeted this as well, the UFC is making a hard push for Gaethje versus Islam. They want that fight. They think that's a big fight. They, 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 they and, again, and that fight does have money written all over it. Um, or the Daniel Cormier wild card, Conor McGregor. Jess, who do you want to see Islam fight next? Um, you know, it's tough. Cause like my, my, my heart says I want to see Connor fight again, but I don't, yeah. I don't want to see the Connor of the last five years. I want to see Connor back in like 2015 or whatever. You know what I mean? Like 2013, 14, matchup too. If you think about it, yeah. cause this one is going to ragdoll him. This, like, this, this one is going to fucking ragdoll him. Uh, Makachev is one of those guys who he's shown that he's definitely got some striking skills, right? Like, I mean, he's been knocking some people out. Yeah, you know, he just knocked out Volkanovski. It's been years and years and years, almost a decade since that guy's been knocked out. Or it has been a decade since that guy's been knocked out. And he just happens to be the one that did it next. Um, so Connor, again, if if it could be Connor, level-headed, focused, you know, head in the game, that would be a great fight 2024 uh, UFC uh, promoted drug testing. I'm sure nothing, nothing funny will be going on. Yeah, nothing funny is going to happen there. Uh, my my head says Justin Gaethje, and this is why Gaethje, one of the toughest dudes probably in the in the fucking Western Hemisphere to get knocked out. Like this guy, this guy's got a granite chin. Uh, he's got a gas tank now. Like his gas tank just kind of goes. I I mean he's proven that in his last three or four fights that he can go yeah, with the best of the fight. best, and he can go all he can go all five rounds with the best of the best. And and the third thing is is he's he's learned to be more technical, and 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 um, he thinks higher. His his IQ's grown inside the cage. He doesn't just go out there and wild man shit as much. He does sometimes. Still, it's fun and exciting. It's what makes him him. You can't take that kind of stuff away from a guy. But he's learned to control some of that that in cage rage and and point it directly in sp- uh, specific spots. And it's helped his game immensely. He's grown so much as a fighter. When most fighters his age are starting to decline, he's actually raising the level of his fight game, which is super cool to see from, from a guy like that. Because let's face it, Justin Gaethje is a fucking cool-ass dude. What? Who out there of us wouldn't want to go and hang out with that dude for even an hour? Like, everybody would <laughs> want to go do that. He's got good stories, I guarantee it. So yeah, I think Gaethje is the plan. If, if you're the UFC, if you want that big, if that, if you want that, not huge Connor money type fight, but uh, the biggest money fight you can find, Justin Gaethje is the guy. Yeah, I think he checks all the boxes, and I agree with almost everything you said there. I think the fight IQ has grown. I think he's shown he can fight hard for five rounds. I I keep using the you know the chaos in combat sports, but his controlled chaos is what he's gotten really good at. Where he doesn't have to swing for the fences for 25 minutes. He realizes if he does that, he's probably gonna run out of gas at some at some point. So he's become very uh, this is the fight IQ. It's a lot higher. He knows when he when to throw at 120 percent and when to throw at 80 percent. Right? When to throw the high heat and when to throw the knuckleball. Um, I I love the fight. If I'm picking. I mean, I just think Charles deserves this rematch, even though he lost. It's just me personally. I I go Charles first. I don't think him getting injured is is reasoning for him to all of a sudden not have that that rematch that I that I wanted to see. 
Um, I go, oh, give me a second here, Jess. I go, hmm, let's say Chandler won. I'm, yeah, Chandler. I was thinking Chandler and McGregor. That was going to be my next take. I go uh, Charles one, Gagey two, and Connor three, but I don't think Connor should fight Islam because I think that's stylistically a terrible fight. The stylistic fight to make the big money fight, the UFC 300 fight, it should be Connor versus Chandler. There's just two let's bang bros. Just let them get at it. That that should be the fight. It shouldn't even be like they did a whole season of the Ultimate Fighter around it. Now I know they did 20 Ultimate Fighters and not everybody fights at the end, but this is one where they they said they were going to deliver and they didn't deliver. You still got time to deliver. Give us that fight. That that's my order right there. That's I love my that fight, Ashley. By the way, I was yeah. I was really excited. I don't. You know what? I'm just going to tell you straight up. Like I don't give a shit about the Ultimate Fighter. Haven't for years. No. Not for years. I haven't watched an episode in years. Like I watched our boy Cole. I watched our boy Cole's fight. But I'm I, gonna, I watched, That's it. I didn't even watch his series. I mean, I uh, went back and watched a couple of his fights. Watch yeah. his fights. Yeah, I didn't watch. But series, like, I but didn't I watch, watch the whole you know show. Like I just. Yeah. But the one thing that was intriguing about the whole setup was the thought that Mike, that Michael Chandler and Conor McGregor were gonna fight. And just to to think of those two. You're right, man. They're exactly they're Bang Bros. They're going to go in there. They're going to throw a bunch of heat. It's going to be stupid heavy. Yeah. It's going to be fireworks. And somebody is probably going to go to sleep. That's man, I love I that. Let me tell you, I love that fight because I love the chess match of Connor thinking he can still do the Tiger style type of counter punching and elite footwork, even though he's, you know, he's aged so much and he's just not taking care of his body. A lot of cocaine. And, and a lot of cocaine, a lot of hard alcohol. And, and a lot of Lord knows what else. This guy's fucking smoke. He's, he's advertising smoking the, the Chiba Chiba. So, um, so I go, <laughs> but but the thing is also, Chandler at some point is going to get into the phone booth. He's going to get into that phone booth fight. And man, I don't know, man, those guys exchanging heavy shots. Fuck, come take my $70 right now. Bro. I can't. That's the fight. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's the fight to make. That fight gets me more horn than Islam versus Charles or or maybe Islam versus Gaethje. Maybe. I'm telling you, though, the, the thought of Islam and Gaethje, it gets me pretty hashtag MMA horn, but, horn bro. Like, but does, I'm, it, I'm get, but does it get you more horn than Chandler? No, no. See? That's I'm what I'm saying. On, just, I'm full on raging horn. Think about that fight. Dude, you're, you're, you're just wide as the Pepsi I'm can. I'm telling you. What, what I'm thinking is you got to do that at UFC 300. I thought yeah. that that was the I thought that was the whole gimmick. All right, uh, we've got, we've covered our MMA, we've covered our UFC for the week. Let's keep it moving. Seamless transition. Uh, Nagano, UFC champion at one time, undisputed badass. The guy, the only guy to ever punch Overeem's skull into another orbit. Uh, he is fighting Tyson Fury. I this to me feels almost like uh and you've heard me use this expression before jess i'm not gonna believe it until i see them in a ring together and this kind of feels that way but usually when i have that feeling it's because i'm waiting for something bad to happen or i'm waiting for someone to pull out i'm waiting for that dylan dylan dennis thing uh this is this is going down like it's going down I I mean, Jess, I can do a quick who you got. But ra- I mean, I think I know who you got unless you're going to pick an upset and just knock all of our socks off. But I'd rather go here. 
I want to set the over under at seven and a half rounds. Is it nine rounds? I don't know. Is it nine? Is that a weird number? Is it nine? It's got to be ten. Is right? it ten? I, I, I honestly 10. have no idea because I I figured that they were it's handling this kind of like it's an exhibition. Be 10 minutes. No, no, right. it's a fight. All right. No, don't even lie about that. Come on, it's an exhibition. We all know it. No one, so no one's getting, up. no one's getting knocked out in this fight. You don't think Nagano is going to no. try his hardest to knock him out? So. I don't think so. Oh, that's crazy! Wow, this is a hot take. I I don't I, I, I do not this. think that it's a work. I don't think that it's a take. I think that it's You're just an exhibition. Glorified like, sparring match. Glorified to the to the hilt exhibition match. Both these wow. men have something in plan. I mean, come on, man. We already got. Uh, um, You're breaking my heart. We right already now. got Naganu making plans to fight uh, in PFL. We got Fury making plans to fight. Uh, um, Usyk, uh, AJ. There's, so there's four other. There's fights. no way that one of these dudes is going to take a big L and get hurt, and then have to take time off, and then have big, big money go out the window. It's not happening, man. I hate to break it to you guys, but there may be a guy or two. You know, one of them might get dropped. You know what I mean? They might have that thing like, "Hey, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna spike you real quick. I'm gonna spike you, man. Like it's coming." You know what I mean? But like, no one's getting knocked out. No one's getting this cut. I, that's that's my take me. right now. I love this take. So I I I understand the glorified sparring match thought process. I don't know if I agree with it, but maybe I have two handfuls of Kool Aid right now. Um, I I believe that there may be a gentleman's handshake, if you will, where you go, hey, listen, let's not try and kill each other. Let's put on a good show for the fans. But I, I, I see it more as this is an absolute win-win for Nagano, even if he gets knocked out. If Nagano got 100%. knocked out, if Nagano got knocked out by the world champion and, the, and, and when some respected boxing journalist think might be pound for pound the best fighter in the past 10 years and clearly the best heavyweight in the last 10 years, if he got knocked out by this dude, is it that big of a nail? I don't think so. Now, flip the, flip the script. If Naganu, who we know, and then this is my opinion, probably hits just as hard as, as uh, Deontay Wilder. Probably hits harder. I don't know, because Deontay knows how to throw a right hand. And Deontay might just have that, like, Ernie Shavers right hand, where it's like, there's concrete in his blood, and the, you just think you can't test for it. Uh, um, I, I, if he can land that straight right hand... Man, that's that's an equalizer. Man, that's a game changer. And I and you know I I said this before every Fury, uh, Wilder fight. Fury is clearly the better boxer. Wilder has the equalizer. The right hand is a true equalizer. And at some point, that second or third fight, a Fury just went, yeah, you know what? I'm just not gonna let you land this on me anymore. I'll let I'll let you land anything else but this. You want to land a hook? You want to go overhand? That's cool. You're not landing that fucking straight hand that, that rocks me, that almost knocked me out. Uh, so maybe he does that with Nagano. Maybe he, maybe because he's he's a little crazy, he takes a chance and says, "Let me see, let me see what you got behind that shotgun." I, I don't know. Again, may, I got two fists of Kool Aid here, Jess, and I got my wallet out ready to buy this pay per view. Look, so maybe you're maybe you're onto something, and I and I'm just I'm behind. I'm behind the eight ball, if you will. But I'm all in. I'm so excited for this fight. I'm so intrigued by it. And I, this is one of those fights. You know me with boxing. There's maybe three or four of these a year. 
And it's unfortunate that that's how it is, but that's how it is. And this is one of them. This reminds me, this reminds me of McGregor versus Mayweather, but a different spectrum because I knew McGregor wasn't going to knock Mayweather out. I knew it. There was no way you could sell me on it. This is different. This I've seen Fury dropped. I've seen Fury hurt. I've seen Fury beat up. I've seen Fury in fights where who I believe the lesser competition was able to equalize. And that's why I think this is really interesting. And I'm all in. Now I'm going to take, with that said, I'm going to take the under. I don't think it goes, I don't think it goes the distance. I think Fury knocks him out. I really do. I don't, I don't think that there's a gentleman's handshake there. And I think as we get closer to the fight, Fury likes to talk a lot of shit. At some point, Fury or his super cool dad or someone's going to say something that's going to make Nagana go, all right. Okay, so now I see where we're at. Okay, so fucking all bets are off, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to load up my right hand as hard as I can, and I'm going to see what happens when it connects, if I can connect it. And that might be the true story of the entire night is, hey, here it is. I haven't said it all, all show, and we talked all of our combat sports. Bull Matador. This might be a straight-up Bull Matador fight with Fury being the Matador and Nagano just coming in with a fucking full head of steam and loading up that right hand like you wouldn't believe. Well, I think that it's okay. So if if I'm gonna take this from it's a real fight, there's no gentleman uh, gentleman's handshake. They're both gonna go in there and try to beat each other up. There's only one way that you can fight. First of all, let me take you back when we when Jay and I, when Jay and I talk about heavyweights, we always talk about when you get two big ass hosses in in the in a ring or a cage, anybody is capable of getting knocked out, right? Like you just got there's a lot of man meat in there. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of strength. And all the hands going on in that in that occasional ring. So yes, Fury can knock out Naganu, and yes, uh, Naganu can knock out Fury. You know what I mean? So, like, but now you got to take into account that this is a boxing match, and Fury is the king. It's a heavyweight division. He he is some consider him to be the best boxer in the business right now overall. So. Uh, if you're taking that into account and saying it's a real fight and these two guys are coming in to beat each other up to make statements, then it's going to be Bull Matador because you don't want to get hit by Francis Naganu. Alistair Overeem found that out. Many other guys in the UFC found that out. You don't want to get hit by this monster because he will crack you and send you to the netherworld real quick. Fury will play Bull Matador. He'll punch, 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 back up, use his footwork. And yes, that big giant fat man has good footwork. He will move around the K or the ring. He will jab, jab, jab with those long ass arms until he can wear Naganu down. And then he will look for that prime spot to come in and pull a, a Fury type punch and send that straight, uh, you know, that uh, straight right, you know, right to the dome and try to finish it. <laughs> Uh, if I had to pick a winner, I'm going to pick Tyson Fury all day um, just because you can't throw a guy with no experience in against a guy like Tyson Fury and expect over under seven yeah. and a half rounds. Uh, uh, if I, I'm picking the other, but you believe, I believe Betty man gun to your head. It goes over over. Yes. Not okay, a work yeah. again, folks. I'm not saying it's Four a work. I'm not punch. saying that at all. Gentlemen's handshake, no one gets hurt. They want to both make money. They both want to entertain and they both want to move on and do their WWE shit, their fucking PFL shit, and all their actual job boxing stuff. They want to get in a real fight. They want to make their money. So, what what you're implying here, Jess, is just for clarity, last week when we discussed Paul versus Dennis, that was the work. Work. That was the full work. Full work. 
then then this is more of a glorified sparring match slash shoot. Yes, sir. I like it. Okay. Okay. Um, all right, let's hop into the NFL. Let's do it. Jesse, it's just so ironic that the first game that we're gonna discuss happens to be your Buffalo Bills They're... to set to set the table as we always do, Jess. We're using the lines.com. They use all of your favorite gambling websites. Like for example, Caesar Sportsbook, FanDuel, Bet MGM, Points Bet, Bet365, DraftKings. We're gonna take these lines, condense them, and go with what we think is the best line. Jesse was texting me Sunday night, and it wasn't I'm going to jump off of a bridge, but I, I felt like we were getting close to that. Uh, uh, the Buffalo Bills, and I'm going to go with the nine and a half. I see an eight and a half. I see a nine, but I see a lot of nine and a half. So this is nearly a 10. And I also want to say this. I believe Tampa Bay stinks. Uh, Buffalo is at home. Nine and a half, Jess. The floor is yours. And I will be jumping in on this, by the way, but the floor is yours. All I'm going to say is guess who else stinks, the New England Patriots, and they just beat us. (laughs) Is it a coaching problem in Buffalo? Yes. Is it a player problem in Buffalo? Yes. Is it it the, the worst issue to have for a franchise? No. You have a franchise quarterback. You've got nice pieces. Their defense can play solid. Their coaching staff is good. You know what I mean? We're not the Chicago Bears. We're not the Green Bay Packers. We're not, you know, some of these other teams that are very deficient in a lot of different areas, if not multiple areas of our football team. The Buffalo Bills are a very well-rounded football team. They're just not an elite football team right now. And if you look back to, you know, 21-22 when we're battling it out with the with the Kansas City Chiefs and and people were like, damn, this is, you know, this is the new, like, uh, this is the new Manning versus Brady. It's Mahomes versus Allen. Like, this is the, this is it right here. We're seeing, you know, an evolution of football. And then over the past couple of years, you know, you have the hype, but nothing to, to back it up. And now you're here sitting at four and three. Luckily, the Dolphins just lost to the Eagles. They're five and two. So you're only a half a game out of first place. You still got room to, to make up for and it's not even midseason yet. Close, but not not quite. The Buffalo Bills are a playoff caliber football team. They are not a Super Bowl contending football team. And there's many reasons why I can add to that. Um, probably too many to just speak about right now. As far as tonight's game, I agree with you, Jay. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are not a good football team. They're getting by with some weird wins. And Baker is obviously getting a lot of credit for that. And he should. He's actually played a pretty good uh, season. Uh, in in his, you know, past, you know, we've thought that he was going to be a certain caliber type quarterback. Turns out that, you know, through injuries and bad play calling and everything else, it's kind of like, you know, downplayed his career. He's playing in a spot where, yes, he's taking over for Tom Brady, but in reality, there's no pressure because nobody expected anything from the Buccaneers. So I believe that they're just simply overperforming. And that's great. Uh, Baker's over, overperforming also. And let's not be, let's not pretend like he's having an MVP year. He's not. He's just doing better than he has in the past. And so uh, for tonight's game, nine and a half points. I don't like the points. I'll take the Bills. I don't like the points. I think, but mm-hmm. I, I don't think that this is a turnaround. I don't think this is a turnaround, life-changing moment for the Buffalo Bills. I think they they go, they're home. It's been a short week. 
they're somehow going to pull out, get the dub. They're going to try to feel good about it and move on to the following week. I think it's fair to say they had a London game that was weird. They had this is since the Miami win, but we were all back in. They had the London game, which was weird, which we predicted. Hey, it might be a weird game. Yeah. They had the Giants game, which was a win, but an ugly win. It was it was one you definitely wouldn't brag about. Gross win. And then you have last week an in division game that I mean they had chances. It just it got away. Josh Allen did lead a final drive to take the lead at the end of the game. It was up to the defense to get stops, and the defense did not. I made it a point to text you this, by the way. That was not on. That was not on Josh. That was more you. You just can't. If when we're having this discussion and you're discussing, the, oh, I gotta mute my phone. And we're discussing the holes in the Bills, right? Yeah. Like when I did the, hey, here's what's wrong with Dallas. They have holes here. They have holes here. Yeah. They have holes here. It's clearly right now the Bills defense, which was trending so high a month ago, now kind of trending the opposite way. When you you just you can't be considered a great defense when you let Mac Jones drive and score on you with two minutes left in the game. You just fucking can't. Yeah. Maybe they're tired. Maybe they're a little beat up in spots. And maybe Belichick's just always going to be great at finding your deficiencies and just milking them until you stop them. But it, it just just a fucking overall weird game. And I, I think, and maybe I'm being as optimistic as you were, like, uh, Two weeks ago, when I was burying the Cowboys, you're like, no, it's early, it's early. You can't bury them yet. But I'm not ready to bury the Bills yet, and I think that there's the possibility. They lost an in-division game, which happens, right? You're going to lose some in-division games sometimes. We, It just sucks when you look at New England getting throttled by teams like New Orleans, and you just think, okay, well, we're going to – we should be able to boat race them, and then they don't. And it's that weird – Belichick game, we've seen him win so many times where it's just 17-13 the entire fucking game. It's 10-13. It's 7-14. It's a weird score. It's a low score. And then somehow, some way, they end up fucking sneaking out of there with a W. It, it was just... I'm not ready to stick a fork in Buffalo yet. I don't know if I want to stick them in the elite slot i think there's clearly only you know two or three teams long there and i'm not even sure if miami's one of them anymore yeah but if if you can't beat if you can't beat all the teams just the bad ones you got problems on your side of the ball too and i feel like now we'll get into miami in a second but i feel like miami's getting exposed a little bit i like buffalo oh so oh and here's my point too so you have these three weird games and then you got to turn around and have that thursday night game which is always weird this, I don't want to say is a recipe for disaster, but th- this might be just one of those games with halftime and it's, you know, 14-10 bills. And you're like, we should be boat racing these motherfuckers, but there's just mistakes being made. And you'd, you'd like your team, as we get into November, to start playing that flawless football. You like to yes. see, you, you hate to see mistakes that you think would be cleaned up in September and October because we can no longer say, well, you guys didn't play in the preseason, so fuck, you got to get those first few games out of you. No, now we know who teams are. And like we've been discussing, Jess, you you can pick 20 teams here and and eliminate them from playoff contention. So I think that's where we're at. I think Buffalo will be okay. I don't want to say this is the turn the ship around game. 
as much as I say this is a Buffalo wins, covers, and gets out of a Thursday night game ugly. I think they win by 10 to 14. I like Buffalo. I like the points. I want to give you one more opportunity to say anything else Buffalo related here because I feel like you, I just feel like you got one more Buffalo take. What are you thinking? That's it. Uh, that's it. I that's think, it. That's I, it. I, yeah, I'll just give you, I'll give you this one because I, I know it, trade deadline's coming up, I believe October 31st yes. is the trade deadline. Uh, Bills fans do not expect Brandon Bean to pull any triggers. I know that people, I myself included, have been like, fire Dorsey, get him out of here. And I do, I don't think that, I honestly don't think that, uh, I, I, well, okay. I think he will be here next year. I don't think that he deserves to be here. He's not the right offensive mind to coach Josh Allen. Uh, but as far as Brandon Bean, it makes absolutely no sense to bring in anyone outside of a Derrick Henry or, you know, like a Tyree Kill type wide receiver it, to make this team better in some way, shape, or form. And the Bills don't have the prospects or the draft capital or the money to do it. So in order, you know, to bring in, like I keep hearing uh, Hunter Renfro's name being brought up, he's basically a, a little tiny bit younger of a Cole Beasley right now. It's like he's not going to make the offense any better. He's not going to relieve Josh Allen's, you know, uh, deficiencies in the short passing game. There's no reason to bring that guy in and pay him whatever you're going to pay him. There's no reason to bring in anybody else. Now, on defensive side of the ball, if you can pull off Brian Burns from Carolina, fucking go for it, man. Give him everybody. I don't give a shit. Brian Burns is amazing. He's going he's gonna to make that defense 10 times better than it is just by himself. But, again, it's not going to happen because Buffalo doesn't have the draft capital. They don't have the money or the personnel that anybody's going to want. So don't expect Brandon Bean to just all of a sudden make all these trades happen. Right now, if you could make a trade, and I don't even want a name of a player, but I'm more of a position. If there was one position that you know – you can upgrade to an A. I want to say a B, B plus slash A minus talent. That's too high. Let's just say B plus talent. Would it? And I'm just going to throw out some positions. Would it be edge rusher? Would it be linebacker? What would it be defensive lineman? Would it be tackle? Where, where would you go? Uh, number one, number one right now would be linebacker. And number one target I would go for if you want to look in that C plus to B plus range, Khalil Mack from the from the LA Chargers. Oh wow! The Chargers bring bring, get... bring bring Mack back to Buffalo. The Chargers I... are kind of weird right now. Oh, I mean, listen, I know we said we weren't going to spend a lot of time on bad teams, but I got Chargers takes. Let me tell you, I can't right, wait to get this. Let's keep it moving, Jazz. Philly versus Washington. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this game. Six and a half across the board. Philly's the favorite. They are traveling to Washington. Who you got? Uh, Philly's Philly's kind of weird this year. Still got to put them in the top three uh, yeah. right now in the NFL, and the defense is starting to pick up steam. I got I got the Eagles, and I got the points all day. Yeah, they just beat up on Miami, who was everybody's darling. They they exposed some holes in Miami's offense, and may, maybe if you just punch Miami in the mouth, like a lot of teams, they fold when they can't get uh, extravagant, and they're they're not a great team. To, they're not a great team. They're beatable. You can shut Moser down. I like I love Philly. I love the points, and I think that. Philly, and I've been saying this all year, they might be the second best team in football, not named the Kansas City Chiefs. I think it's, Ken, and, I think it's Casey and Philly. And A.J. Brown right <laughs> now playing the best at the wide, uh, wide receiver position in the NFL. That guy is fucking – he's mossing people all day. 
shout out to the dude in my uh, money league who week two traded AJ Brown and Kamara to me for Justin Jefferson. I very much appreciate you. Jacksonville <laughs> uh, Jaguars, they were a three point favorite. I see two and a half. So let's just keep it at two and a half. I see more two and a half than three. Two and a half point favorite. They are traveling to Pittsburgh. They are the favorite. Jess, who you got? Man, those points seem weird, man. Steelers are starting to – are they rolling kind of? I don't know. Win-loss, win-loss, win-loss. I'm going Jacksonville. I like the points. The Prince is in his bag right now. And the best thing about the Jaguars is they put absolutely zero pressure. It sounds weird, but to me, zero pressure on Trevor Lawrence to win football games. I mean, he's out there. He's doing what he's supposed to do, and he's playing really well, but he's not throwing 400-yard games, you know, five well, touchdowns. ATN's having good games. ETN's doing the – he's doing what he's supposed to do. The defense is playing well, and Trevor Lawrence is out there distributing the football. It's it's a very even football team. I like the Jags. Pittsburgh has to make this an ugly game. They have a possibility to. I can I, – I'm leaning Pittsburgh upset here, despite my Tomlin's not going to lose more games and win games. But I'm going to go Jacksonville just because I think they have the overall better team. And I could see this being a close game late and Jacksonville pulling away. So I like Jacksonville. I like the points. The Miami Dolphins, as of right now, I believe, are the biggest favorite on the board. Not named the Buffalo Bills. They're a nine and a half point favorite at home to the New England Patriots. Just won an in-division game. Jess, who you got? Uh, well, one thing you mentioned about the Buffalo Patriots game is it is interdivision, so it's always really tough when you play a team twice every year, every year. So, mm-hmm. uh, I but Miami, I think, is is obviously the better football team. I think that they'll be able to get the job done, they'll cover, uh, they'll bounce back. You know, Miami right now, the stigma that is slowly starting to fall on them, same as last year, is they are a very explosive, really good offensive football team but they can't take the punches back. And Buffalo did it to them uh, week, what, like week three or four. Mm-hmm. And then and then Philly just did it to them last week. You punch Miami back and they fold like, you know, they fold like a, like a wet paper bag. So uh, I like Miami though in this game. I don't think uh, New England has enough to punch them back. Uh, Miami, take the points. Got him. Well, you know what? I like Miami, but I think New England covers. I think this is going to be that weird in-division game. This is going to be us once again, Pat and Belichick on the back, who sneakily got a deal while everybody was trying to fire him on television. He got a fucking extension. Um, I like Miami to cover, but I think this is going to be another in-division game, something like 24-20 Miami wins, New England covers. I see some pickums, which is weird. I see a half point either way. So I'm just going to leave. I'm going to say one point favorite at home. Bay. They're playing Minnesota. Who you got? Green Bay shouldn't be favored the rest of the season. <laughs> uh, they're a, they're a, I, see, I see them as a, plus, as a minus and a plus and that, a pick. That's absolutely. Minnesota, Minnesota is coming off the biggest win of their season over the San Francisco 49ers. And and I don't want to sit here and like stroke Purdy too much, but Purdy had a good game. Uh, did he commit a couple of turnovers? Yes, but Minnesota's defense is also not terrible. And when their offense is rolling, man, they're hard to stop. When you got the best receiver in the game right now, outside of AJ Brown, 
Justin Jefferson can take over football games. No, Je- Jefferson's on the plane, Jeff. They had some other kid there dominating. And the, the other wide receiver was dominating. Well, Osborne, and they got yeah. They, I mean, and so when when Minnesota Cousins is threw on, the 300, Cousins threw for over three hundred yards to a bunch of nobodies. That's when Minnesota is on, they're on, and it starts with Kirk Cousins. People don't like Kirk Cousins because he's very vanilla. He doesn't have much of a personality. And when he tries to do the personality thing, it comes off super cringe, right? Like he's like wearing the chains around and stuff and he's trying to be cool. And everybody knows that it's just not his real personality. I say, fuck him, Kirk. Mm -hmm. Come out there, toss the fucking football around, be a vanilla Joe and just do what you got to do to win football games, man. I'm His telling Kirk Cousins, love him. Kirk Cousins is underrated as a quarterback. I know it's it's easy to poke fun at the guy, but he's underrated. If you go back and look at his stats, that guy's got Hall of Fame stats right now. He just don't have no big wins to 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 go with it, right? That's the only knock on Kirk Cousins. Uh, I got Minnesota in this game. Give me all the points in the world. I think they beat uh, Green Bay in Green Bay by at least a touchdown. Yeah, I, I see why uh, Vegas wants no part of this game because it could be weird. And in division again, I guess. But, yeah, I think Minnesota's rolling. I like Minnesota. I like I like the points. I think they went by three to four points easily. And piggyback off of what you said, Jess, Green Bay stinks right now. And I don't know what how many games are we going to go with Love before we go, all right, maybe he's not the guy or maybe he needs another year. I don't know. Uh, New York Jets, they are a three-point favorite. They are on the road, but technically they're at home. They're playing the Giants. Who you got? <laughs> it's all the Meadowlands, right? It's the fucking like, same on, stadium. Like, what are we road. doing? Uh, both New Jersey teams are playing each other, and, and uh, it should be a fun environment. It's fun when the Jets play the Giants. Whose fans are going to come out? You know, uh, I like the Jets in this game simply because Robert Sala's defense is, is elite. I mean, their offense may may suck but their defense is just about as elite of a defense as you can possibly get man they are in everyone's grill every single game and they are relentless like they play all four quarters uh knowing that their offense is going to come out and turn the ball over and that they're going to be on the field probably longer than the offense uh look for zach wilson get a super vanilla playbook uh run a bunch with cook and run a bunch with uh Brees hall and uh look for the uh the jets to pick up a win Agree. This game is going to stink. This is potential bowling shoe ugly game of the week. 17-13, 14-10. Giants are going to do heavy dose run against that defense. Jets might do the exact same. I like the Jets. I like the points. The Los Angeles Rams are traveling to the great state of Texas, and they are playing my Dallas Cowboys. I see six. I see six and a half. Let's leave it at six, Jess. Who you got? I was actually hearing some uh, some takes about uh, place your bets, Rams upset. I I just don't see how the Rams can upset the Cowboys. I know I the Cowboys. I will let you get to that, man. <laughs> they're your team, so I'm gonna let you get to that. I I like where the Rams have been this season. It's supposed to be a down year. They're definitely playing above their down year expe- expectations. Matthew Stafford is healthy. He's staying upright. The offensive line is doing a good job protecting him. Uh, Uka Nakua has become this, like, overnight sensation at the wide receiver position. 
Uh, and then on the other side of the ball, you got some other dudes that can catch and some guys that can run the ball. The running game is where it really hurts because they don't really have one. So you're expecting like 4,700-year-old Matt Stafford to go out there and throw the football 45 times a game. At some point in time, it's going to backfire. Uh, I like the Cowboys. Their defense will show in this game why they were considered an elite defense in this league. I believe that they're going to get four, four and a half sacks out of Matt Stafford. I think that they're going to run havoc on him and pressure him, and he's going to throw at least a pick. Uh, look for the defense to absolutely obliterate the run game because, uh, as I mentioned, the Rams don't have one to begin with. So don't expect any yards rushing. It's going to be super low on the ground. Matt Stafford's going to have to throw this ball like 50 he, I was going to say, he's going to need 300-plus yards. Like, it's going to be insane to have to see this, you know, what is, Stafford's like 34, 30, you know. I mean, he's an older dude, you know, and he's we're expecting him with all the previous and past injuries to sit there and throw a ball against an elite defense, you know, 45 times. It's going to be a recipe for disaster. I got the Cowboys that like the points. I like the Cowboys. They don't like the points because I feel like this this reeks of a uh, Rams stick around. We can't put the Rams away, and it's a game. It's a five point game. The Rams are sticking around. There's two minutes left. Two has the ball. Can we run the clock out? Don't let fucking Stafford beat us again. Uh, this is going to be like you said, Jess, piggybacking off of you. They're not going to run the ball against Dallas. It's going to have to be in the hands of Stafford. They've got amazing wide receivers, and they've got a coach that can cook up a good little scheme. Can Dallas's defense get after Stafford enough to turn the ball over, get those turnovers, and more importantly, can Dak keep from turning the ball over? I think that the, the turnover battle here – is going to have a heavy play. I like Dallas. I don't like the points. I think that this is a four or a five-point win by Dallas at home. All right, Jeff. I see four ugly games. I refuse to let you spend more than 30 Let's go, man. Let's burn through them. New Orleans, they are on the road. They are a one-point favorite. So we're going to go one point. Indianapolis, who you got? I think this is my first upset of the day. Uh, I know you got wide receivers trying to drive away drunk just to get away from this team, but uh, I, I like the Saints in this game. Oh, you're just bullying now. <laughs> poor, poor, De- poor Derek Carr is once again getting used as a pinata, and I worry if he can even throw the ball 25, 30 yards down the field anymore. I like New Orleans. Dosa Kamara, and I like them on the road. The Houston Texans are boy. Shout out Justin Von Doom. They're a favorite. They're on the road. They are a three-point favorite. They are playing the Carolina Panthers. Here is our uh, rookie-on-rookie violence game. Jess, who you got? Yeah, man. CJ Stroud versus Bryce Young. Like, who should have really been picked number one? All the talk uh, can kind of, you know, it's a good lead-up to this game. I'm going to take the Houston Texans. In this game particularly, they just have the better well-rounded football team. I'm taking the Houston Texans. Agreed. Better coach, Texans, point. Well, they weren't. They won't turn the ball over, and I don't believe Thielen's going to have that 12-catch, 170-yard game that he's been having to keep Carolina in games. Uh, Atlanta, the Falcons. And I just said we weren't going to spend a ton of time on this, but real quick tangent. I think I'm coming around to this. I really do. I've, I've been watching more Ritter than like any quarterback this year. And he, he is my Justin Fields from last year. And he, he makes mistakes. He fumbled the ball going into the end zone, which ended up uh, turning into uh, a touchback. 
but he, he can make some throws. Uh, they're three point fucking favorite. I see two and a half at some sites on the road versus the Tennessee Titans. Jess, who you got? Yeah, the, the Titans are a fire sale right now. I mean, I heard that Henry's on the block. I mean, everyone's on the block right now. I don't know what's going on in Tennessee. That, G, that GM fucked that team. Uh, with all that being said, with that much turmoil going on in the franchise, I mean, I think Atlanta's doing the right things. They got good pieces. I don't know what the fuck B. John Robbins is doing. Like, where is this guy? Why is he not on the field? Like, why is he in the coach's doghouse all of a sudden? He ain't been touching the ball. He got Tyson Algier and uh, Dante Foreman running the ball 18 times a game. Like, I don't know what's going on, but whatever is going on, it's working out because the Atlanta Falcons are slowly winning some football games. Uh, They've actually got a pretty good record right now. It's amazing. Uh, Ritter, I don't believe in at all. He reminds me absolutely of the same career path as uh, Marcus Mariota. Which is funny because they just got rid of Marcus Mariota, so they just got a younger version. Uh, but the guy can sling the ball around a little bit. He he's going to make more mistakes than he makes splashy plays. But uh, I like the Falcons in this football game. Man, I want to kind of go upset here, but I'm not. I'm going to stick to my guns here. I'm going to stick to the teams. Uh, let's go Atlanta. Let's go. Just I just blew Ritter, so I'm not going to. I'm not going to go upset Atlanta. <laughs> and I like the points. And I agree, Jess. Tennessee's a fire sale. They're a hot mess. Start uh, when do they sit Tana tits and run their other quarterbacks? Uh, Seattle, they're a three and a half point favorite across the board. This is kind of sexy. They're playing the Cleveland Browns, Jess. Who you got? Yeah, the Browns all of a sudden are like a really talked about football team. That defense is doing some big mm-hmm. things, and That's uh, it. He, the XFL legend PJ Walker is back on the field, baby, because Deshaun Watson. I don't know if that cat even wants to play football. Us and Justin Von Doom were just talking about this like two fucking weeks ago, and now the whole entire media is talking. Does Deshaun even want to play football anymore? Well, guess what, folks? I think the the answer has been solved. That motherfucker don't want to play football. Put in XFL legend P.J. Walker to try to win you some football games, but not this week, baby, because I got the Seahawks. That defense is starting to pull some steam. Geno Smith doing Geno Smith things. He's staying in his bag. Pete Carroll knows exactly where to have his his quarterback and how to have him ready to come football games. Uh, I got the uh, Seattle Seahawks at home. I think Deshaun Watson's his what he got paid is lurking into Jamarcus Russell. This was just an absolutely Whoa. bad deal. We're we're reaching that territory. I like Seattle at home, and I like the points. I think that Seattle will find a way to go to win this game by like four to seven points. Super low-scoring game. Here's another 17-13 special. Oh, yeah. Maybe, maybe first to 20 wins. Uh, the Denver Broncos are a eight to a seven-and-a-half-point dog at home. They are visiting every America's new favorite football team, the Kansas City Chiefs. Jess, who you got? The Kansas City Swifties. I like it, man. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Travis Kelsey been getting his rocks off uh, with uh, with the Swift, and his numbers have doubled. He's just doubled. Tell, he's selling jerseys. He's just fucking doing whatever. Commercials. Like, I mean, Mr. this Pfizer. guy, his, his stock is so high right now. Like, if you're going to put stock in anybody or anything, it's Travis Kelsey right now. Uh, I got the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know how they're doing it. Huge fucking credit to Andy Reid. He's got a bunch of bowling shoe crap bags for wide receivers. 
And all he's got to do is tell Mahomes, hey, man, for like 90% of the game, throw it to Travis Kelsey and we'll win. And they do. Like that defense too, man. I mean, I hate to agree with Nick Wright because he's a douchebag. But <laughs> the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense, I don't know where it came from, but, man, these guys fly. I mean, they've just like gelled so well over the past year and a half. This defense is crazy. Nick Bolton is a monster in the middle, at the middle linebacker position. I got the Chiefs all day. The, the best thing about basketball starting, other than being able to watch the Golden State Warriors again, is Nick Wright transitioning out of his football genius, or lack thereof, and into his basketball genius, or lack thereof. Don't, don't uh, nobody tell me that Jokic ain't the best player in the world, because that motherfucker is... I love Kansas City. I love the points. I know they are lacking at wide receiver, but Denver stinks. And they'll be able to run up a 10 to a 14-point victory here, I believe, relatively easy. The Cincinnati Bengals, this might be the sexy game of the week here, Jess. Let's plant our flag on it. They're, this is a weird one. So The first line I see is five and a half, but then it drops to three and a half. And I don't see a four anywhere in there. So you know what? I'm going to stick with a three and a half. They're a three-and-a-half-point dog to the San Francisco 49ers. Brock Purdy is out. Jess, who you got? I mean, who's the backup quarterback? Damn, like, baby. Jeez, dude, I'm telling you, man. <laughs> things are rough in San Francisco. Hey, hey, they're hurting. They're banged up. They're taped up. So in, in Buffalo right now, I'm telling you, so obviously I, I primarily stick my focus on Buffalo Bill stuff like during the week. And I, I do keep notice of other things going on. But there's one formula that never changes. Injuries fucking happen. And right now, every team's dealing with injuries. I hear the Buffalo Bills fans all the time, hashtag Bills Mafia, talk about, oh, man, we're so injured. We're so injured. Man, look around the league, guys. Open your eyes. Everyone's injured. You've got to find ways to win. Unfortunately, if you don't have quarterbacks or certain skill set positions to win the games with, it makes it a little bit more difficult. Brock Purdy out being is is a game changer. This means that you're going to have to rely on CMC so much in this. Who's also injured? Who's all and 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 I mean, I'm telling you, man, the the Niners are banged up, and it's gonna. And I think the Bengals are trying to turn a corner here. And this is, I'm going to take the upset in this game. Oh, I, I think the Bengals start turning the corner a little bit more. Joe Burrow goes out there, has a feast on this banged up San Francisco defense. And on the other side of the ball, look for Sam Hubbard and some of these guys to get to the Niners quarterback and just kind of mess things up even more. Without the playmakers being fully healthy and on the field, the 49ers are definitely like, a, you know, they're, they're a targeted team. Yeah, I'm taking the Bengals in this game and the points. Jess, I love – I am picking up what you're putting down. I love the take, and I am going the same way. Woo! You, can't, you can't have an injured Trent Williams, an injured CMC, no Debo, no Purdy, and you're going to run Sam Donald for the first time who has, uh, you know, just not a ton of credibility as a winning quarterback. And you're going to put him up against this defense? Uh, this feels to me like the big turnaround game that the Bengals need. I know we've got East Coast traveling to West. And sometimes that's a recipe for disaster. But the Bengals are coming around. Burrow may be healthier than he was six weeks ago. Chase is an absolute stud. They've got pieces. 
they're going to give the Niners fits at home. And this, to me, feels like more of first to 20 once again. I think this is going to be something like 24-17, 24-20. I like the Bengals. I like the points, Jesse, and I am loving that pick. All right, three games left, Jess. They're ugly. Let's We're going it. to rush eight-point favorites. Well, Baltimore, I see nine and a half. Nine and a half on the road. Arizona Cardinals, they stink. Who you got? I got the Ravens, man. They have, in fact, turned the corner for the better. The, this Ravens team is going to be something to contend with. Kansas City yep. needs to watch their ass. Yeah, rolling on all cylinders here quietly. I mean, maybe not quietly because the media is starting to give them some love. But quietly might be that top-tier team, uh, fringe top-tier team. Dark I like Baltimore. contenders in Lo- Baltimore. Love Baltimore. Love the points. The Chargers are an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. They're at home. Chicago is traveling east. They're coming west. They'll have a good turnout fan-wise, I'm sure. Jess, who you got? There's only so many teams that the Chargers can lose to, and I don't think the Bears are one of them, man. <laughs> give, me, give me the Chargers in this game at home, baby. You know, it's just a battle of two really bad teams, and although this coach loves to find ways to lose – I'm going to go Chargers, and I'm going to go points. I do not trust Chicago at all. Uh, Last game, our Monday night game, the Las Vegas Raiders. They are traveling to Detroit Lions. And our favorite coach, Jess, eight and a half across the board. Who you got? Dan the Bro Campbell at home. Let's see if he can get his shit together because it looks like for a split second that the Lions are losing a, a little bit of ground. Uh, injuries, I think, affected him a lot last week. Um, and, and, and again, injuries, I just got done saying, injuries are affecting everybody. You got to find ways to win. Good teams win uh, football games. That's just how it is. Uh, I think that the Raiders are a hot mess. And I think that this is a good turnaround game for Dan Campbell to come back and win. I got the Lions at home. Yeah, you I can... don't, but I don't like the points. Oh, I don't really? like the points. Okay. No. Uh, yeah, you can't get punched in the mouth uh, by Baltimore like that and not come back. That was bad. Uh, I, I want to take the points because I just don't know if I trust Vegas right now. They seem to be struggling, and they really struggle on the road. Uh, I, like the, I, don't, I like Detroit. I like the points. And, Jess, that concludes our NFL Pick'ems. Uh, one thing I do want to get your take on before we go, we've gone pretty long. It's been a big show, but Jay, big news coming out of the UFC, John Jones out of oh. the championship fight. Now we got Sergey the Pav- so Pavlich versus Tom Aspinall, uh, the England's England's baby right now. Everybody loves this kid. Uh, what do you think about this? What's your thoughts? So first quick? of all, crazy to me they put Aspinall on this fight this quick, and I just don't know if he's ready. It's a push. Uh, you and I have been talking paths for I don't know two years now. We've been saying at some point he, he listen. He's banging on the door. You gotta let him in, and that's where we're at. It's unfortunate for Jones, but let's keep it a buck here, okay? He's closer to 40 than he is 30 now, I believe. Maybe I'm yeah. wrong on that. but no, I, believe, I think you're right. No, I think uh, you're right. He's lived a pretty hard lifestyle. A lot of lonely nights. New Albuquerque, staring at the fucking stars, doing a whole lot of nothing with a bottle in your hand and Lord knows what else in your other hand. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he might have allegedly done put some things in his body that are now coming back to fail his body as he's gotten older. And uh, I would not be surprised 
let me land on this take. If Jones never fights again, because coming back, it's going to take him a year to come back. It's going to take eight months to recover, and then he's got to train for a fight. And he, they're going to want him to fight elite guys. Our boy, the Pavs, is the champion. Is he going to want to take that fight? I don't think so, Jess. I think he wants that super fight, showcase fight, and what, in my opinion, easy money fight. We, everybody said that uh, the Stipe fight was an easy money fight. And if he's having to fight whoever the champion is at that time, unless it's an Aspinall, that's not going to be an easy and I'm not even sure if Aspinall is an easy fight. Yeah, I can. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with you on that. I don't. Um, I, I. I mean, Aspinall's not. I mean, give him another year, especially if he's the champ. It's gonna be a tough mm-hmm. fight for Jones. Yep, and I agree with you. That and that's really where I think Aspinall might fall short. Here is you're asking him on short notice to take the biggest fight of his life against a dude that's fought in several title fights in Bellator. So I. I, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know. I, I like Pavlovich early. If early pick, I like Pavlovich. But excited for the heavyweight division. Uh, sounds kind of fucked up, but I think losing Jones might be the best thing because he's kind of a, a placeholder, if you will. Like if he's not actively fighting, if we're not getting heavyweight title fights every four months, if our heavyweight champions not fighting every four months, then what are we doing? Just put a BMF belt on him or something like that and let him do whatever he wants with that. <laughs> our champions should be active fucking. They should be fighting every three or four months. Yeah, I, Izzy, I, Izzy did it for fucking four years. Yeah, hey, Anderson did the same thing. When, for when, 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 was uh, when was Anderson not active? I mean, and Prime Bones did the same when Bones was 26, yeah. he was doing it. But that was 14 years ago. We can't expect a dude that was fighting four times a year, three years in a row in you know, 2008, 9, 10 to do the same in 2023. You're asking fucking too much. I will say this though. I don't think I, I understand the placeholder theory, and I don't even think it's a theory. I think that it's been proven that when John Jones is fighting, uh, you know, especially in these later years, he's kind of just placeholding. But John Jones not fighting is 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 a big loss for the UFC. He's he's a name. He's possibly the goat in in mixed martial arts in general. I mean, the guy's fought nothing but the best of the best of the best ever since he was, like, 20-something years old. And he's won every single fucking fight. Like, I mean, it's it's tough to, to not want to have John Jones in the mix. But I will agree with this. Taking John Jones out of that mix in this, you know, tragic way, it sucks. I hope that he heals up quickly, obviously. But giving guys fresh blood like like the Pavs and and Aspinall's a young man. He he's he's kind of in that John Jones like esque age, you know. He's like 23, 24, 25, something like that. I don't think he's too much older. And uh, give him the the limelight and the spotlight to get out there and go win some some fights like this. And this is the biggest. The heavyweight division is the biggest division. You know, it holds the best championship in my opinion. Because the big boys always come out to place. This is a huge event in time for the UFC and in great timing because, you know, no one's getting any younger out here, man. So you got to put the best of the best up. So I really love this fight. Aspinall and Pavlich, I'm really, really looking forward to it. Let's hit the wrap it up button here, Jess. We want to make sure we shout out the people who support us. Let's shout out Fat Boy Fadeaway Sports. Let's shout out Smash Squad MMA. Let's shout out our own Team Toss. 
want to shout out my boy Ben Johnson, who has a really weird Twitter fo- handle. So just find Brian Johnson. He's a fat boy, fadeaway sports guy. Shout out to Double Double Podcast. I checked that out. Their variety sports teammate. Checked them out a few days ago. Pretty good stuff. Jess, who am I missing? No, outside of Variety Sports, uh, check out Variety Sports Network at Variety underscore sports underscore. Uh, you can follow me uh, and my new handle, uh, JTT underscore 81. Follow my boy Jason over here at Valdez spelled backwards, 559. Uh, and technically speaking, it's fairly safe. And not a lot of porn bots. If you follow anybody on either of our lists, uh, follow anybody that Variety follows. You can follow anybody that Jason follows and anybody that I follow. So, and and you know what? Sometimes the porn bots do pad the stats. So, hey, I'm not going to hate too much. So, we need them. We need them. They, but, have, hey, folks, they need us. We need them. Uh, we love you. Thank you for listening. Uh, shout out to last week's episode. I looked at the stats. Big listening week for us so thank you thank you thank you appreciate you uh it was one of the bigger follow uh, bigger listening weeks that we've had in the past couple months so i appreciate all the listens and we hope that you listen to this one too so hey enjoy the rest of the week enjoy tonight's uh football game enjoy the fights coming up have a good one peace guys